Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bama, we're going to talk about uh, one of Alabama's top quarterback product products. How about projects? How about prospects? One of those guys uh, making their official visit. Official. Uh, he's going to be visiting in June. We'll talk about that. We're also going to continue the roster countdown, Jimmy Stein's world famous roster countdown. Today we're going to do numbers 87, 86, and 81. So stick with us here on Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather outside i'm not sure if this is spring spring or summer i think uh, we'll call it spring here probably be summer anywhere else i think uh jimmy is doing this podcast from uh his latest set of survivor <laughs> i mean yeah i've never seen you outside like that i didn't know you went outside frankly i've only seen you in a car or in a very cramped office or you at your I'm mom's a vampire house. you think i'm a vampire or something no i'm just uh, enjoying uh i just live near multiple uh uh parks i guess you call it so I'm, I'm at the park jimmy um one of alabama's top quarterback prospects uh dare i say the top quarterback prospect on alabama's board eli holstein has set his official visit for june 10th through 12th um he is apparently going to also take in visits to lsu and oregon which seem kind of like kind of new names to the fold but i found that interesting and then it turns out that particular weekend is going to be a big weekend when it comes to alabama recruiting so all pretty big news right there isn't it crazy i mean with this recruiting calendar such as it is that you would have your biggest uh recruiting weekend of the year in june uh you know, it's why I hate the recruiting calendar, frankly, and I don't like the early signing day, which kind of caused all this. And but but, you know, you either do it during the summer or you have official visits during games, which is just incredibly tough on the staff and, and the coaches to say nothing of the kids, you know, who aren't getting a real look at things because game weekends are so different than anything else all year long. So so. That's why we have official visit weekends in June. And, and again, I, I, I hate it. But uh, the real story here is Eli Holstein. We've been talking about it for weeks here in Locked On. So many people have a hard time wrapping their their heads around this. But but that, that Eli could be Alabama's top QB prospect and not Arch. Um, really, I, I sort of look at it this way. I think it's a 1A and 1B thing. But the fact of the matter is Eli is going to be ready to make a decision before arch and and if you if you put all the eggs in the arch basket you could end up 0 for 2 and 0 for 2 is just unacceptable considering how good both of these kids are um you know i, I think we ought to focus on how great holstein is and the fact that holstein could commit on that june trip or even before then is, is possible i think uh he's obviously seriously considering lsu uh he's seriously considering the oregon ducks who are recruiting really really well they got a big time running back out of Mississippi this past weekend. That was a, I, I think that kid's nationally underrated. Uh, he, he's a really good player, Dante Dowdle. But uh, I'm excited about Holstein locking in this official. Alabama is his first official visit. Uh, you know, you can't say that means Alabama is a clear leader, but I think when you add up everything with Holstein, Alabama is the clear leader. You know, and it is interesting because. <clears throat> We just did something for Locked On. It may be out by now. I don't know. Um, but 
Alabama Tech representatives from Locked On for Alabama being me, Texas, and Georgia, um, they had a good idea where each one of us would talk to Arch in a podcast form as if we're talking to him like in a bachelor format about why he should choose our particular schools. And I kept thinking the whole time while I was doing this, and I did it because I'm a company man and I'm going to do what I'm told. Uh, but I, the whole time I was doing it, I was thinking, you know, in the end, I'm, I'm not so sure we wouldn't rather have Eli Holstein. <laughs> but um, anyway, I just I've, I found that kind of interesting because that should be out. And that'll be a lot of fun if you want to pay attention to that or be on the lookout for it, anybody. When we come back, we want to get back into our roster countdown. I say our roster countdown. Jimmy does it. I just regurgitate it. But right now, I want to talk about built bars. Let me let me tell y'all something, man. I ate one for breakfast. I ate one for breakfast. It was outstanding. I, I had one for breakfast too, Jimmy. And this this, this is it right here. These That's what I ate. One of the one of them. The birthday cake ones. I'm telling you that they're, they're delicious. I, they're delicious, nutritious, scrumptious. Um, imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. And then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. Man, that would be fantastic. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Bill. I just received my birthday cake puffs. I just showed them to you. And I have never had anything like these before. They're awesome. Marshmallowy, a little bit gooey, but not too gooey. Just taste awesome. And they really fill you up. They got me through the entire morning. Absolutely fantastic. Go to built.com to get your birthday cake puffs now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off that order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off that order at built.com. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. All right, Jimmy, roster countdown zone. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Amari Nablack. Is am I saying that right? Uh, I used to say it that way, but I'm I'm, I'm told it's uh, no black, no black. You, when you say you used to say it that way, yeah. you said it that way yesterday. <laughs> no, I may have. No, no. I mean, I think it's because I, all during recruiting, I said nigh black all during recruiting, and then after signing day, uh, I heard it was no black. So I've had to try to change my change the way I say it. And boy, that's hard to do. The older you get, when when I say it the first first way, it's hard for me to shake that. But you know, my, my, my radio uh, uh, partner, Randy Kennedy, he's brought this up for years. It's so true. And now I work in the recruiting industry. I need to make this like my soapbox issue at on three. Uh, I think when you recruit, when your school is recruiting a kid that you, that you may be likely to get, the, the recruiting reporter that's talking to the kid and that does the interviews needs to provide a phonetic pronunciation for the kids that aren't Smith and James and, and and you know uh, you know Thompson, we we need pronunciation guides. They provide one in the media guide at Alabama. If you get the media guide at Alabama, or even go to the official roster on RollTide.com, they have a pronunciation guide for the tougher names. And uh, we need to do that throughout the recruiting industry. But no, my, my understanding is it's a Marine Black. So it's it's like in apostrophe black. Uh, instead of N-I black. Now, I know that's how he spells it. But, you know, yeah. you, you said something funny. I always, you know, I always like bringing something either Louis C.K. said or, or Daniel Tosh or something. But this was a Louis C.K. thing where he had a whole bit about how um, he was talking about um, Native Americans and how we call them Indians. And yeah. how when Christopher Columbus came over and he saw them and uh, they were – you know, they introduced themselves or whatever they did. And he was like, uh, yeah, you're, 
hey, y'all are Indians. And they were like, no, we're not Indians. That's a completely different place. He was like, wait a minute, you're not Indians? And they were like, no, we're not Indians. And he was like, ah, you're Indians. And, and, and <laughs> we still we're just, call them just calling them Indians. And this is not really right. And it, that's how it is when you get our age and you say a name wrong, like you just keep saying it wrong. And eventually it sort of sticks. I mean, there, there was another case, and I'm, I'm not trying to uh, – to waste any time here, but there was another case. I think I told this story on here before. I had a friend of mine whose name is uh, Tom McMullen, super guy, good friend of mine, really nice, a lot of fun. Uh, he's got your hair, like the super white hair. Anyway, he, um, super. it is super. He, uh, he, uh, his name is Tom McMullen. So, you know, as your name devolves into something else, his name devolved into mullet, you know, like we just called him mullet. And for no reason, he didn't have a mullet. We just call him that. He didn't even like fishing for mullet. He just mullet. Well, an older, much older friend of mine who's now passed, we were all sitting around talking. And you know how sometimes when you're really old, you start a sentence and then you kind of quit and you got to like almost get your breath to finish the sentence. So this older friend was saying something like Tom McMullen said something. And this older friend goes, but mullet. And then he quit talking and I go, butt mullet. So we started calling him butt mullet. And, and, and there is nothing that sounds worse on this earth than a butt mullet. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I bet this is his least favorite story. This is what, and he's one of the few people I've ever used their actual name in these stories. Yeah. He, uh, he, yeah. I bet if his uh, Tinder name is butt mullet, he doesn't get a lot of swipe rights. <laughs> You have to have a very specific fetish to be like butt mullet. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, okay. Some girl out there doing a search for butt mullet. Don't Google image that thing, at least not on Not Safe for Work. Uh, but anyway, um, James Burnup is number 86. Uh, and he is going to be a sophomore, correct? He's a redshirt sophomore. I believe what happened with him, and uh, boy, this is wor worthy of more investigation, but I I'm pretty sure what happened is he enrolled in college in Australia. And the rule is, the American rule is, even though you're not play, he wasn't playing American football, wasn't even playing sports. I mean, he might have been playing rugby or Australian rules football or something. But uh, your clock starts ticking when you enroll in college. So I think his red shirt year in college was actually spent in Australia. And last year, uh, 2021, was his red shirt freshman year uh, at Alabama. So I think that makes him a red shirt sophomore uh, this fall, which means he would have three years of eligibility left starting this fall. And he may need to use them all as he is literally learning how to punt in front of our eyes, which really, to me, makes the story amazing. The fact that he's the punter at Alabama literally learning to do this and and i thought this spring from my look at him luke i thought he was really improved i, I thought he went from uh he's not great to hey you know what he's pretty good he's pretty good now no one's going to watch him this fall and go oh we, we finally found our jk scott but you know you don't have to be that good you just have to be for for alabama to win games luke we just have to be sec average at punter and uh I mean it as a compliment when I say this fall he could be SEC average. I, and I'll take that. I mean, you don't have to be an all-world punter at Alabama. I mean, we, they can't all be J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott, in my opinion, is the best punter that's ever come through the University of Alabama. 
Hey, and, what the um, hell do I know about punting? I thought that punt god dude, Matt Areza from San Diego State, was the best college punter I have ever seen in my life. I would have staked that on, uh, you know, on a hefty bet. And he was the third punter taken in the draft. I couldn't believe it. It's almost like the NFL wants to insult them. You know, like, <laughs> we want to let you know how unimportant you are by drafting people who are worse than you are. This you guy know? punts the ball 75 yards. Well, Jimmy, about burn-up, too, you know, um, this that's a dumb NCAA rule. Like, if you're – I get it a little bit. If you're enrolled in college at the, the University of Queensland or whatever – and but if you don't play a sport, I don't think it should count. He's already got to come over here and get used to the toilet swirling the wrong way. Can can you cut the kid a break? Um, okay, Jimmy. Let me go ahead and tell before we get into Cameron Latu, we're going to save a whole segment for him because he's he's one of the more intriguing players on the team next year, if you ask me. Uh, right. We're going to talk about uh, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds there at Bet Online. Just go there. It's so simple. They've got all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures, along with college football futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. It's that simple to learn more about the trends and action going on at Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, uh, Cameron Latu. Jimmy, I'm just gonna, I'm going to read off some of his stats um, and uh, we'll go from there. So last year, um, 26 receptions, 410 yards, eight touchdowns. That shocks me that he had eight touchdowns last year. I did not think he had eight touchdowns um, with a long of 61. Now, this is a guy that, that did start out on defense, correct? Correct, his freshman year. That's right. He, he played defense his whole uh, redshirt freshman year at Alabama. He played defense. Well, no, wait. It was during his true freshman year, uh, but he only played in three games and was able to redshirt. But he did play in games as a, as a freshman on defense before moving to offense and tight end in year two. All right, so – They've got him listed as a junior. I just want to be clear about right. this. Next year, he will actually be a redshirt junior? He is, uh, when you factor in the COVID year, he is a redshirt junior this fall. So he could right. return. He could return in 2023. But, Luke, but we but, doubt uh, it. I doubt it. And on top of the fact, he, he went through graduation this spring. So he, he's graduated from Alabama and will be in a graduate school this fall. So I wouldn't anticipate him returning. Plus, I think he's a pretty draftable kid. Those uh, stats that you just went over, Luke. How about these two stats that go along with that? He actually led the SEC in, in touchdown receptions from the tight end position, led the whole league. And that actually set a school record at Alabama. Eight touchdowns uh, in a season from the tight end position is a, is a school record as well. So obviously he is an asset catching the ball. I, I think the challenge for, for Latu this fall in his last season is just improving as a blocker. And I think if he improves as a blocker, uh, he could hear his name called next April in the uh, in the NFL draft. Yeah, I could, I could see his being drafted. He's such a superb athlete. And I, I think it's a huge positive if you start out playing linebacker and then you move on to tight end because you now you instinctively kind of know what linebackers are supposed to do 
And so you might have an edge, right? I'm sure that time on defense sort of helped him. He actually did play tight end in high school. It wasn't a brand new position to him, but virtually everybody in the country that was recruiting him, and there were a lot of schools recruiting Cameron, uh, they were all recruiting him to play defense, as did Alabama. Alabama only moved him in, in part out of desperation. They didn't move him because they thought, hey, you know what? He might be better at tight end. They moved him because they were short on bodies in the tight end room at the time. And uh, and, and he's worked at it and worked at it. He, he gets better every year. I think he's going to get better again. And while he's not a superstar, he's not one of the very best players on the team, he's, he's pretty solid to me, Luke. I, I think he's one of the better tight ends in the sec and if he improves as a blocker uh he could be very elite yeah i i certainly feel like he he has potential to be um in the all sec discussion um i i look for him to have a really really nice year but again it's it's kind of hard to look at a position on offense outside of offensive line and go who, who's not going to really sort of shine. I mean, now they can't all, you can't have the best tight end year with the best running back year with the best quarterback year with the best rod receiver right. year. But like, if you ask me, which one do you think is really going to shine? I mean, the easy answer of course is Bryce Young. And then I'd probably, I guess I would go Gibbs, but I might put Latu somewhere up there close to over some of these other receivers we just picked up. Yeah. Uh, I think he could end up being around third or fourth in receptions uh, on the team. Uh, somewhere around there, but you know, if, if posed with that question, I, I'd go Gibbs as as uh, Gibbs and the running back room as the strength of the offense, uh, particularly because Gibbs and Jace McClellan are so good catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, McClellan. The video of McClellan going through some drills here recently was borderline erotic. I mean, he's he's getting better. <laughs> Yeah, and I've been watching the uh, re replay of the Florida game uh, in the past few days, and I'm telling you, I don't think Alabama wins that Florida game without Jace McClellan. He was very good. Was that the game he got hurt? Yes, at the very end. God damn. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I, I know everybody deals with injuries. It just feels like we always just have that – we get snake bit on occasion. We got snake bit last year, but – that's last year. We're looking forward to next year, and we're also looking forward to our next podcast, will be, which will be tomorrow. And until then, Jimmy, why don't you enjoy some of that beautiful sunshine behind you and go catch you a raccoon to eat or whatever you're about to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, if a raccoon is running through the stands and is grabbed by someone uh, who grabs a raccoon by the neck, uh, you are not looking at me. I did not do that because uh, no. I would not. I'm, I'm more like the guy that fell over three rows of chairs trying to get out of the way. Hey, by the way, I heard a uh, uh, an anecdote to that story. You know that guy that carried the raccoon out, the dude that caught the raccoon? He carried it outside the stadium, and he got bit. Oh, I mean, of course he did. Yeah, he did. He got bit, and he had to. And he's he's going through rabies treatment. Look, I probably have told you this, and you probably know it because we have a friend who's got like a raccoonophobia. Um, but. <laughs> But I'm going to tell this story for people that haven't heard it. So if you please stay tuned and listen, you will enjoy this story about a raccoon. It's not Alabama related, but it is a story about a raccoon. Growing up, I had three pet raccoons in succession. Um, we had a, a, we got a big one first, and that was stupid because they you can't do anything with them. Then we got a very young one, which my brother at, at his young age thought he had brought inside but didn't. And it crawled into like somehow got into my dad's car and rolled all the way into town in somewhere around the exhaust pipe 
And when it got to where dad got to work, my uncle accidentally ran over it. Um, so then we had a third raccoon. And this one we kept for about a year and a half. That's about all you can keep them because they are wild animals. They're, they're not domesticated, but they're a ton of fun. But what you do is you let them go and they go have some baby raccoons. Then they come back one time and you feed them M&Ms. That's just the way it works. Well, one day um, my brother or my mother, somebody had left the door open. Uh, and so my mom was in the bathroom. My dad was in his bed. I, my, me and my brother were very young. We're in our room. And I go to knock on the door at my parents and it's locked. And, you know, it's one of the, I was like, I mean, I was young enough to even know if the door is locked, don't bother knocking. <laughs> but um, but I, my parents were like, no, Luke, get away from here. Get away from here. So I went in my room and shut the door because they told me to go in my room, shut the door. And so Austin and I were scared in our room, wondering what's going on. Next thing we know, there's a shotgun blast. And, well, what happened was because the front door had been left open, a, a raccoon comes in, goes to my parents' bedroom. My dad doesn't have his glasses on. My dad thinks this is rack three. They were very creatively named rack one, rack two, and rack three. Rack three returning. So dad picked him up, pick, picked her up, and put her on the bed and was like tickling her tummy. And the raccoon was like, hee, you know, hee, hee. everybody was just hee. That's, that's the highlight of the story right there. See, we always had female raccoons. And then dad, even without his glasses, looked down there and saw these two giant cojones down there around the, that area. And dad said, oh, God. And dad got scared, jumped out of the bed. The raccoon got scared, went under dad's chair and like clung to the upper side of the chair. And they couldn't get him out. So we had to call. Dad couldn't find his gun because he was scared me or Austin would accidentally shoot ourselves. He could find He had it in pieces all over the house. We found a trigger and a handle. And um, so we had to call the greenskeeper from the local golf course to come over, and he had to shoot him. <laughs> but, I mean, can you imagine, like, you, t- this you said it wasn't. Thought we were the most friendly group of people that's ever, this raccoon just walked in like, hey, this house is pretty welcoming. Now they're tickling me. This is wonderful. He so. said that story wasn't related to Alabama football, but that was, like, the most Alabama story ever. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, y'all keep following. Tell your family and friends and raccoon owners to follow us. We appreciate it. And uh, until tomorrow, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.